Welcome into this archived episode of the original SA Talk podcast. It's your favorite local podcast host and retirement advisor, Zach Espericueta. With the changes to the original podcast and rebrand in May of 2021, the current events and interview follow-up segments were taken out of these archived episodes for easier accessibility to the interview itself. Most new listeners just want to hear the interview anyway. Keep that in mind if you hear any references made to other segments or when you hear some of the old podcast music. I really hope you enjoy this interview. Be sure to give the podcast a rate and review on Apple Podcasts and a follow on social media at SAPod Network. Enjoy the episode. So guys, welcome back to our guest interview segment. And today we are actually interviewing our host, Zach, about his financial advising business. So Zach, kind of give me, you know, like all of our guests, give me a brief background of how you got to where you are now. Like we always say, I'm a native of San Antonio, born and raised here on the Northwest side to be exact, went to communications arts high school, which up until now doing the podcast, I didn't really see where that was going to fit in into my, into my career <laughs> at the time, you know, we always say I wanted to be a sports broadcaster and it's funny that now I'm actually using those skills to be a podcaster. Anyway, so I ended up going to, to UTSA and majoring in business and found myself majoring in entrepreneurship. You know, when you graduate with a degree in entrepreneurship, everyone asks you, okay, well, what business are you going to go start? Well, you don't just start a business just for fun. You don't just be an entrepreneur just for fun. You have to have something that you're truly passionate about. And so with the business degree, trying to find my first job, I found myself working at Frost Bank. So I was a teller for about half a year and then quickly moved on to a personal banker. And so for those of you who don't know all that a personal banker does, a personal banker helps you open accounts, manage accounts, bank accounts I'm talking about, CDs, certificate deposits. They originate loans. They even use some of those CDs for IRAs and Roth IRAs. So all kinds of things on the bank side. And so really, when I was in that position, I found myself gaining the foundational knowledge of the financial services industry. That was really my first taste into helping people with their financial needs, seeing the lack of financial literacy, which I'm going to get into later, which is what drives me. I found that I was really passionate about financial literacy and helping people with their finances. And at the time, it was just banking. But you know, a few years down the road, I really wanted to help people better their financial future. And so you have a couple of routes that you can go down. You can be a wealth advisor, a financial advisor. You can help people with their taxes. There's many different ways. You can also remain a personal banker and help them with the banking side. Shortly after, I actually started discussing some things with my parents' financial advisor. His name is Frank, and he's my mentor to this day. You know, he kind of reached out to me and asked me how things were going at the bank. And I told him, I, you know, I love Frostbank. Frostbank is an awesome company to work for, great culture, great employee culture, great company started right here in San Antonio. Maybe it's because I'm a millennial. I don't know, but I just wanted to work for myself. I wanted to help these people with their financial needs and better their financial future, but I wanted to work for myself. And so he's like, well, what do you think about coming to work for yourself? You know, I'll show you the ropes and you can come on and observe while I'm helping clients. I can kind of show you the different products that I use and we'll go from there. And I, you know, I talked it over with my girlfriend, Amanda, and, you know, I said, got some savings built up. This is something that I could do, but what do you think about it? And she was like, you know, you got to go for it. This is what you truly want to do. You just got to 
got to take the leap. Like everyone says, you know, an entrepreneur takes the leap that not a lot of people do. And so that brought me to where I'm at today. I work in financial services. Some call me a financial advisor. I just like going by advisor. And so I have many different titles, but I help people with retirement. I help them find financial solutions, retirement solutions, life insurance. I even help business owners protect their business in multiple different ways. And more importantly to me, I educate people about financial literacy and just the financial lingo that's out there. Okay. So you kind of, you explained how you got to where you are. You explained what you do, um, but now it kind of explain about the, the title because you, you mentioned earlier, you know, that there's several different titles and you like to go by advisor. So kind of talk to us about that. Why? The reason I don't like referring to myself as financial advisor, and I like just going by advisor, is because when I say financial advisor, when I tell people I'm a financial advisor, they automatically go to, oh, wow, really? What should I invest in? What's the best stock out there I should get? You know, What should I get on my Robinhood account? People automatically assume that when I say I'm a financial advisor, that I'm going to give them the stock tips, or I'm going to tell them what to invest in. Well, the thing is, there's different kinds of advisors. And that's one of them. So there are securities advisors. Sometimes they refer to them as investment advisors. So investment advisors are providing this investment advice and building these mutual fund portfolios for clients based on stocks and bonds. And so, you know, they're they're highly regulated by the SEC and FINRA. There's also broker dealers out there. And again, these are people who are giving you the market advice. So if you're out there looking for what stock should I invest in? What stock should I buy? What mutual funds are best for me? These are the people that you're going to go to. But there's other types of advisors out there. There's also what's called CFPs or certified financial planners. Now, these people, they go through the most rigorous training. A lot of times they have their series six and seven so they can do mutual funds, but they encompass everything when it comes to advising. So they're going to do tax planning. They're going to help you pay down debt. They're going to do retirement plans, budgeting. So they do all kinds of things. They're also regulated by the CFP board. I'm more of an insurance advisor and typically younger people like myself who are newer, when I say new, I mean about five, six years in, you know, that's typically what you'll find with younger advisors is they mainly have your insurance license. And so the insurance products are going to be annuities and life insurance. And those are the different products that I use as of now. Lastly, to kind of wrap up all the different financial advisors that are out there, there's also financial coaches. And so these are people who they may not have licenses. And so they're just there to kind of push you and give you the motivation you need to save money and, and how to budget and just teach the basics of financial literacy. They have an important job, but it's really hard to make money as a financial coach because you're basically just telling them how to save money and reduce their spending. But anyways, like I said, I am more of an insurance advisor. So the products that I use are annuities when it comes to Roth IRAs, IRAs, 403Bs for teachers. And then I also do life insurance. So people maybe just had a baby. Maybe you just bought a new home. Whenever you have big life events like that, I recommend you reevaluate your life insurance needs and see what covers your family, what will take care of your family. So those are the different products that I work with. Okay, so I'm going to stop you. And for someone who knows absolutely nothing about this industry, explain some of those acronyms and stuff that you were just talking about. Sure. Let me get into the retirement aspect because the majority of business I do is retirement accounts. And so when I bring up things like IRAs, right, that stands for individual retirement account. 
There's also Roth versions of those. There's 403Bs, which are, again, retirement accounts, but for teachers. And there's also 457Bs, which again are for teachers and nurses. With retirement accounts, the way I explain it to clients is retirement accounts, think of them as a plan. Okay. So a 403B, an IRA, these are just government plans. Now, once you figure out what plan you want, say, okay, Zach, I want to do an IRA. Okay, now you figured out what plan you want, but now we got to figure out what vehicle to use for that plan. I like to break this down into three different vehicles, and I'm going to break it in terms of risk. You have your most risky, which is going to be in the market. Okay, so with this vehicle, opening up an IRA, you're probably opening this up at maybe Vanguard. You're putting this in mutual funds. As we know, in mutual funds in the market, it fluctuates. It can go up and down. Ethically, you know, I don't directly give market advice, but I will say most people know that the market goes up and down. And so when you use mutual funds as your vehicle for your retirement plan, just know that the money goes up and down. Now on the flip side, the least risky is going to be your bank CDs or your bank certificate of deposits. With these, if you're using that as the vehicle for your retirement plan, you're going to get a small amount of interest. It's usually 1%, maybe when interest rates are high, maybe one and a half, 1.25, but there's no downside to it. So yeah, you get a small percentage, you get one, one, one and a quarter, one and a half percent of interest, and you, but you don't lose any. Anything. So there's no risk involved. And I did see a lot of those. I opened a ton of Roth IRAs when I was at Frost Bank. Now in the middle is what I work with, which are more of the insurance products, which are going to be like annuities. So I do a lot of fixed index annuities. And this is a very simple way of, of explaining them. You get a percentage of the index gain. So let's say the S&P 500, right? A lot of people know of the index, the S&P 500. Whatever gain that that index does, you'll get a percentage of it. There's downside protection to where if there's a loss with that index, you don't lose anything. So you only get a percentage of the gain, but you get no loss. You're typically shooting for about three, four percent on average is what I mean. You're shooting for three, four, five percent. So, you know, when we sit down with you for an initial meeting, do you go all, I mean, do you just tell them all of this right at the very beginning or what do you initially go over with people at their first meeting and how do you explain to them why they need your services? In a first meeting with the client, I'm just looking to build a relationship with them. I usually sit down, have a little chat with them. I just want to build that relationship. So one major thing I took from working at Frost is the value of building relationships with your clients and the building long-term relationships. And by doing that, you know, you just want to ask them how they're doing. The other part of it is that you really need to understand their mindset, understand how they are as a person and what they're thinking to really help them. Because the better you know someone, the better you can find out what's best for them, especially when it comes to their money, right? And their retirement and their financial needs. You really want to understand their whole situation. And they're not going to truly open up to you unless you come off more friendly and more of a human being. You know, and so typically in that first meeting, I tell them a little bit more about myself. It's more of a conversation with them. And then towards the end of that, then I go a little bit more into the advisor side. So I actually have a little sheet, it's a little questionnaire that I fill out. Besides their contact info, I also ask them questions like, okay, what is your base salary? Do you receive bonuses? Do you usually get a tax refund at the end of the year when you file your taxes? What kind of retirement accounts do you have out there? Do you have investment accounts? Do you have life insurance already? Do you have an emergency savings? That's a big question that I ask. What 
what kind of liabilities do you have? So what I mean by that is loans. What kind of, do you just have a car loan? Do you also have a mortgage? Do you have student loans? Do you have large credit card debt? So I'm trying to get their whole financial picture in that first meeting after we do the relationship part, of course. With that whole financial picture, that allows me to go back and really figure out what I'm going to discuss with them in our next meeting. Lastly, I actually have this questionnaire that was put together. To give you an example, some of the questions I asked them are, you know, what are you currently doing? What do you like about what you're currently doing for retirement? What do you dislike about what you're currently doing for retirement? What do you want your money to do for you? The last question I always ask them is, you know, when it comes to your money and your financial situation, what is the one thing that you truly care about the most? And that kind of gets them to think and, you know, Zach, I'm getting later on in my years and I just really want to have a lump sum of money that I can leave to my kids. Or Zach, I just don't want to be a burden on my kids. I want to make sure I have, you know, some kind of long-term care plan. Or, you know, Zach, I'm just trying to get as much money as I can for retirement. Sometimes I get that, especially with the younger workforce. So, you know, that's what I'm really doing in our first meeting. And so you kind of alluded to financial things you might need to gather from clients. Is there anything else that you need from the clients to kind of get them started? And then with that, how do you determine the best program for each person? So as far as the information I need from them, that's pretty much it. Now, when it comes to filling out like an application, of course, I'm going to need more info from them, like their social or so a lot of these companies that I work with, because it's an annuity, you know, ethically, they want these companies want to know that the advisor is doing the best thing possible for the client. Anything I do with a client, it has to go through what's called a suitability department. And the suitability department for each company, just again, make sure that product is suitable for that client. I am held to a high standard when it comes to helping my client find what's best for them based on their whole financial picture. And that's why I get that in that first meeting. So they kind of are like double checking, you know, making sure that that you're doing everything right, which is fantastic, you know, because a lot of people are worried about turning over financial information. And so and a lot of things that people worry about, too, is, okay. so I'm working with an advisor. Well, how do I pay them? How do I get paid? You know, I know in real estate, I get that question a lot too. So as far as an advisor, how do you get paid? Is the client paying you? Is it coming from a percentage of their savings? You know, how does that work? So kind of like the question earlier when I was talking about the different financial advisors that are out there, it's the same answer to that question. So based on what kind of advisor you're working with, they're going to get paid a different way. Investment advisors and wealth advisors, they get paid a percentage of whatever investment account that you have. It's around 1% a year, sometimes 1.5% a year. It's every year that advisor is making that percentage off of your investment account. That's why you see a lot of people that are kind of scared or nervous to go speak to an advisor is because they make that percentage, that 1%, 1.5%. They're looking for you to start with a substantial amount of money. A lot of advisors like this, you know, I hate to say this, but they won't really even take you seriously if you don't have like 50,000 or 100,000 or 25,000. They usually want you to have a substantial amount of money saved up. Otherwise, it's not worthwhile for them. You know, the majority of Americans only have $1,000 to start or $500 to start or nothing to start. So that's why there's other advisors like myself out there who with some products, it doesn't even take a starting amount of money. And so because I'm an independent advisor, I work with multiple companies, in my opinion, that allows me to better help my clients because I can find an array of products based on their financial need. And, And one of those things is finding out how much they can start with. 
There's also flat fee advisors out there, kind of like lawyers where you're paying on an hourly basis. I mean, you'll see anywhere from 100 to 200 to 400 per hour. And then of course, like I alluded to earlier, you have the insurance advisors who get paid a commission off of the product that we use. And so that's how I get paid. So I do let my clients know, and it usually is, is music to their ears because they, you know, they're, they're nervous that they're going to have to pay me to meet with me. And they're like, ah, you know, I was nervous. They, I, I hear it all the time. You know, Zach, I just didn't want to meet at first because I thought I was going to have to pay a fee. And I was like, no, 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 no. You don't have to worry about that. It's free for any consultation, for any meeting with me. It's free. A phone call, a Zoom meeting, in-person meeting. It is free to meet with me. The client, the individual will never pay me directly. So I get paid by the company to get in front of these clients. And that's how I explain it to them. Yeah. I mean, I think that definitely helps put people at ease because a lot of people, like you said, they don't have that extra money to you know, pay for a consultation. And it, it's like you're reading my mind because my next question would have been, how much do you need to start a retirement plan? And you said that you, you need as little as, you know, nothing as long as you commit to putting something in the account each month. So kind of go a little more into detail about that. Cause I know there's a lot of people out there who want to start a retirement plan, but they just, they just don't think they have the money to put in it. And I mean, I even fell victim to the idea that you needed to put a lump sum in there, kind of explain if you are very entry level, um, you don't have anything to put in there. What is the best option for you? And how do you go about doing that? Absolutely. So when I got started in this industry and as an advisor, I really sat down and I just got a pen and paper and really just wrote down my goals and my values. The YouTube videos and podcasts that I listen to, you know, talk about how to be a better person, how to be a better advisor, how to live a better life, more fulfilling life. One of those things or one of those ways you can do that is really just write down your values and just stick to them. Put it somewhere and look at those almost every day. Look at your values and ask yourself what you're doing right now, whether it be for work, whether it be in your family, your relationship, are you committing to those values? And so the reason I say that is because it's always been a goal and a value of mine, especially once I got into the banking industry at Frost, was to really help underserved communities And I want to help the people who just don't know, who don't have access to this financial literacy. You know, Amanda, it's interesting that you bring up that, you know, you have these questions and I run into all kinds of clients that have these questions. And the truth is a lot of these things were not taught in school. We're not taught, you know, all this financial lingo and financial literacy. And everyone always makes a joke on social media. What is the joke about? You know, they never teach you how to balance a checkbook or or about loans, you know, in, in high school and stuff, but it's important. It's not a joke. It's extremely important for people to understand terms how to understand how loans work, predatory loans, right? Like those cash advance places and the differences, how interest works, how savings, the difference between a money market, you know, and a savings account and how you should use a checking account and how to be aware of scams. My goal is to help people understand their finances better. You know, I want to be able to help the common person who may not have that much money, who maybe only has a couple hundred bucks or nothing, but wants to start out putting $50 per paycheck. I just want my clients to feel comfortable knowing that I'm here to help you no matter how much money you have. You know, in doing this podcast with you, and I've also known you, you know, previously, I know that that's in your heart, you know, you're here to serve people and to help and educate them. And so guys, I just really, even myself, you know, I didn't quite know what he did to 
as much extent. And it really is important. You know, they don't teach financial literacy in school. And so reaching out to Zach and just learning how to better your future, um, you know, all it takes is a phone call with him, especially during COVID now, you know, you don't even have to go meet in person. And so just give him a call and just learn about how to put away for your future and to, like I said, start that retirement plan and just help educate yourself because he knows things that I Honestly, I'm so glad there's people out there like you, Zach, because I don't want to go educate myself on all that stuff. You know, I don't want to learn all that lingo. Um, I want someone like you to do it for me. And so I'm so glad you love that industry. And this was really interesting. You know, I've told you, I don't know how many times that I don't quite know what you do. And this really explained it in detail and gave me a whole different perspective of how important it is. Obviously, that's why I love what I do. I love helping people. I love helping them understand and educating them the financial lingo, the financial literacy. Obviously, I'm a numbers guy. And the numbers I always look at are the statistics of people, especially here in our country, that, that don't have savings or have a limited amount of savings. I think you know one of the statistics from, from last year was about 70% of Americans have less than 1,000 stashed away. And that's total. That's not stashed away for retirement. That's not stashed away as emergency. That's just stashed away combined. I don't want that number to be 70%. I mean, you're telling me almost three in four people have less than $1,000 in case of an emergency. I mean, recently I was in a, in a car accident where I, I didn't get hurt, thankfully, and no one else got hurt, but I had to pay $1,000 as, as a deductible for my car insurance. I'm able to weather that because I have an emergency savings and I have a buffer there, but not everybody does. Three, apparently three in four people don't. It just worries me that, you know, emergencies happen all the time. And what you hate to see is things like that. And even things that are maybe out of your control happen as an emergency. And it just, it drains you and it puts you in a, in a financial position that you can't dig yourself out of. You know, one thing that was a huge eye opener when I worked at the bank was the amount of people who live not just paycheck to paycheck, because you hear that all the time, but who live paycheck to paycheck, but in the negative, in the negative, I mean, in their bank account. And I want that to sink in with people who are listening. Again, it's another driving force behind, you know, my values and my goals. They got there for a reason. And sometimes, you know, a lot of people like to think that they they got themselves there like it's a mistake that they made. And it might have well it might as well been, but sometimes emergencies happen to everyone. And if you don't have the emergency savings, if you don't have the financial literacy behind you, that's how you can get in situations like that. Some more numbers to kind of throw at our listeners here is Merrill Lynch ran this poll and basically asked, in what situation, what current life situation would you turn to a financial advisor? The two main situations were buying or selling a home and thinking about retiring. And that's true. I get a ton of clients who tell me all the time, Hey Zach, just letting you know, I'm buying a home. What do you think? A lot of the clients I get are about five to 10 years away from retirement. Of course, they're thinking about retirement. They're like, Hey Zach, you know, I'm about 10 years away from retiring. Should I start? And I'm like, you're starting late. Yeah, sure. Let's get something started. But the point is people shouldn't wait for these situations to happen. You should meet with a financial professional as soon as you can, whoever that may be, whether that's with me, but you should work with some kind of financial professional and do your research on them as soon as you can, right? And just don't be afraid to ask questions. That is the one thing that you can't be afraid to do is just ask questions like Amanda's doing right now on the podcast. Just ask questions, whether it's with me or someone you know. 
Well, Zach, thank you so much for all that insight today. Um, again, that's stuff that I just did not know. And it's very interesting to me because I, I did not learn that in college. And so this is just really important for everyone, you know, to learn. And so again, thank you so much for your time and for teaching us more. And I hope that we can do a series of this and keep learning about financial literacy through you. And so Zach, before we let you go so that people can learn more about you and, and again, make this a series of financial literacy, go ahead and give them where we can find you all of your information your social medias all of that good stuff absolutely you'll find me most active on twitter at zach sp advisor that's zach z-a-c-h s-b-e-s-p-e advisor and that's advisor with an o-r at the end and you can find me on facebook at the same which is at zach sp advisor so facebook and twitter is where i'm most of the time posting information whether it be on retirement, whether it be on life insurance, whether it be on business protection. You can also email me, Zach at teamfg.com. And if you, you can, of course, call me at 210-760-0409. So as you, you get to hear that in every advertisement that we run in the podcast, of course, but that's where you can reach me. I encourage you to follow me on Twitter, like my page on Facebook. I post things throughout the week, whether it be Motivation Monday, Tuesday Tips, where I usually post tips to kind of help you, financial tips, of course, that help you save yourself some stress and financial literacy Fridays where I'm educating on a certain topic. I also try to interact with my clients and people who follow me all the time about San Antonio, just like we do on the podcast. So I really encourage you guys to go check those pages out. And so guys, I really hope you enjoyed the information that I provided today. And so that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. But before we let y'all go today, we want to encourage you to join us by helping us grow. So we're on all three major social media sites. So hopefully you can go give us a follow. You can find us on Facebook by searching SA Talk Podcast, on Instagram at SA Talk Podcast, and the same on Twitter. So we want you to engage with us and we can't stress that enough. Tag us, use hashtag SA Talk Podcast or hashtag Friends of SA Talk. Also, we want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in every show. And listeners, we'd really appreciate if you took the time to subscribe and drop a review for us. Since y'all are the lifeline of this podcast, it really helps us out if you could share our podcast and get the word out. So have a wonderful week, and I really hope you enjoyed Zach's episode, and stay tuned for next week's episode. Hey guys, it's Zach. As some of you may know, I help people plan for retirement. And as your advisor, I can not only show you how money truly works, but put you in control of your money today and in retirement. If you're looking to schedule a financial review, please give me a call at 210-760-0409. Thank you for listening to this archived episode of the original SA Talk podcast. I really hope you enjoyed the interview. If you enjoyed this episode and are looking for more content, you'll want to hit that subscribe or follow button depending on which podcast platform you are using. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I do also ask that you please give us a rate and review. That really helps the podcast grow. Lastly, if you want to keep up with the podcast, check us out on social media at SA Pod Network. Take care and Viva San Antonio.